0: Hi, from Experiment Nation, my name is Romo Santiago, and welcome to Experiment Nation, the conference Reloaded, a series where we share some of the best sessions from our most recent conference. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Danielle Gunraj, and today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, food. More specifically, I'll be using a food-based experiment to illustrate multivariate testing concepts as well as experimental design flaws. If you're new to the world of optimization and you find yourself intimidated by the terminology, don't be. My home-cooked experiment will make MVTs more digestible. Let's get started. So I love Monte Cristo sandwiches. If you haven't had one before, it's basically a ham and cheese sandwich dipped in an egg batter and cooked like French toast. I don't make them often because they're more involved than your basic sandwich, but the other day, I really wanted one. But I also wanted to think through my recipe before pulling out my frying pan. There's no room in my life, or my fridge, for mistakes or second chances. Just kidding, I mess things up all the time. At around the same time, I happened to be watching a cooking show, and the host made bread pudding. But instead of using chunks of slightly stale bread, he made jam sandwiches. And that was when it hit me. Monte Cristo, bread pudding. All rice reserved. So thinking back to the title of my talk, how to make a better sandwich, the simple answer is, turn it into a dessert. So as I was planning what would go into my sandwich and batter, a couple of questions arose. Should the bread be crusted or crustless? And should I press my sandwich before battering it? I knew my decisions could have major repercussions on the texture, and thus the flavor of my food. I also knew that I could find answers to my questions, with science. After all, empirical analysis is my bread and butter. So I decided to run a multivariate test. So a multivariate test is an experimental design that allows the researcher to investigate the effects of two or more independent variables on one or more dependent variables. The independent variable is the thing that you're changing, and your dependent variable is the thing you're expecting to be impacted due to that change. So with an AB test, you have one independent variable, but with a multivariate test, you have two or more independent variables. And that is the main difference. A multivariate test is sort of like a fancy AB test in the same way that a Monte Cristo sandwich is like a fancy ham and cheese sandwich. So let's take this out of the kitchen and over to a fictitious website. Maybe I wanted to optimize a button on a webpage. So my first independent variable is button copy. And I'd have two levels, get started versus let's begin. And then maybe I have a second independent variable, button shape, so a rectangular shape versus a pill shape. And then my dependent variable would be the number of users who click the button. Similar to my kitchen experiment, this is called a 2 by 2 MVT. 2 by 2 because I have two independent variables and two levels per variable. Now, levels are the values that your variables can take. So in the example before, it was uh, let's begin versus get started, pill shape versus rectangular shape. Here, it's crusted versus uncrusted, pressed versus unpressed. And this would result in four possible bread pudding combinations, also called conditions. Recall that the question I'm trying to answer is, what combination will yield the best result? But what is best? How do I define and measure something that subjective? So I create an operational definition for best, which I dubbed deliciosity, which may or may not already be a word, I don't know. Developing an operational definition or operationalization is the process by which you take a fuzzy concept and turn it into something directly measurable. So this can vary from experiment to experiment, study to study, researcher to researcher. You're basically explaining how you're measuring your dependent variable. So I defined deliciosity as the total score across four dimensions. Flavor, so is it pleasant or unpleasant? Absorption, has the batter remained on the bread surface or soaked through to the interior? Texture, is it dry or is it creamy? And saturation, are the flavors distinct or muddled together? So each dimension would be scored. On a seven-point Likert item, and you've probably seen these before. If you've ever rated something from strongly disagree to strongly agree, that's what I'm talking about here. All right, so I've identified my independent variables, defined my dependent variable, what's left to do? That's right, state my hypothesis, or rather, my hypotheses. So every experiment has at least two hypotheses. The null, which states that there's no difference between the conditions, and the alternative which states that there is a difference between the conditions. MVTs typically have several alternative hypotheses, uh, one for each main effect and one or more for the interactions. So the main effect explores how each individual independent variable affects the dependent variable and then the interaction is exactly what it sounds like. It explores how your independent variables work together to affect the dependent variable. So here are my hypotheses. For my null, that's pretty straightforward. All bread pudding conditions will be rated the same. For my first alternative, I'm hypothesizing that the crusted conditions will be rated differently from the crustless conditions. I'm also hypothesizing that the pressed conditions will be rated differently from the unpressed conditions. And for my interaction, I'm hypothesizing that at least one bread pudding will be rated differently from the others. Now, notice that I say that the conditions will be rated differently, not that one specific condition will be rated better or worse than the others. I decided to use non-directional hypotheses for two reasons. One, because it doesn't matter which condition wins so long as one does. And two, I really have no idea how any of this will shake out, so I want it to be a little less committal in my hypotheses. So that is my experimental design in a nutshell. Let's fast forward to after I made and baked my four combinations or conditions. So once they cool, my husband Chris and I tasted them and I immediately knew that the deliciosity measure I devised was completely off. This is why researchers try to run pilot studies or use standardized measures so that they don't have to make on the fly changes like this. So I ended up converting my Likert items to rank order items. Um, Every bread pudding was ranked in terms of taste, texture, and batter absorption. And then I summed up Chris's scores and my scores across these three dimensions, resulting in one score for each bread pudding. So before I tell you which one won, let's talk about the glaring issues with the study's design, as well as how I resolved or rationalized them. Number one, the principal investigator and her husband were the only participants. That's a conflict of interest you knew who my participants were, that's a violation of anonymity, and the study was not double-blind. So Chris and I knew what the test objectives and conditions were, as well as which bread pudding was which. All of this could contaminate the results. So although problematic for the MVT, these issues are not generally that impactful when optimizing a website. Chances are you're not one of your participants. Um, you typically don't know who your participants are and what conditions they're assigned to. And since you'll want to monitor your results as the test is progressing, a double-blind study, so one in which you don't know which condition is which would actually be counterproductive. You wanna be able to monitor your results maybe as often as every day to make sure that the test is progressing as expected and that nothing strange is going on with your data. All right, number two. So this experiment employed a repeated measures design. In other words, each participant tasted multiple bread puddings instead of just one. So this isn't an issue in and of itself, but because we tasted each bread pudding one after the other, one could make the case that doing so resulted in habituation, meaning that the more we ate, the less delicious each bite became. So in our defense, we did drink a fair amount of water between each sampling, and we did counterbalance the order in which we ate. So this means that the pudding that I started with was not the same one that my husband started with. All right, number three, I know my way around the kitchen. So going into this experiment, I knew that it was unlikely that any of these would be truly awful. Um, There was a strong possibility that we would run into a ceiling effect. And that is where the scores tend to cluster around the higher end of a particular measure. There's also something called the floor effect where the tend sends a cluster around the lower end. So this is why I moved from the Likert to the ranked base measure. With the Likert, it was possible that we would have very, very similar scores, but by switching to the ranked base measure, it forced us to um, identify one as better than the other. And then number four. You know, this is the most obvious issue, it's a sample size, there were only two participants. Um, But I'm not entirely convinced that this is really an issue. So Chris and I aren't really a sample in this case, we're the entire population of interest. My intention was not to be able to generalize from the two of us to the entire adult population, it was really only to satisfy um, the palates of the two adults living in our household. And you might make the case that it was really to satisfy the palate of one adult living in the household. Um, So this isn't really an issue, but nevertheless, it's worth, you know, discussing. All right, so let's talk results. And I know these are awful pictures, please do not um, message me on LinkedIn to tell me how awful they are. I'm very much aware that I am not the best photographer. Okay, You'll see that I'm talking about my results in terms of significance, but with only two participants, you can't compute statistical significance. It's just a, it's a habit. Old habits die hard. All right. so the main effect of crust was significant. Both Chris and I preferred the crusted combination over the uncrusted. So we like the the textural component that having that crust brought. Um, Surprisingly, the main effect of compression was not significant. So we ranked both the pressed conditions and unpressed conditions the same. And then the interaction was also not significant. So we preferred the bread puddings with crust, but it didn't matter if they had been pressed or unpressed. So there you have it. With my MVT, I investigated two variables, but many remain. Should I bake my pudding in a bon marie? Should I brulee the top? Should I add turkey, lemon curd, white chocolate? How do you make a better sandwich? The long answer, through testing. And as with websites, there's always something you can be doing to optimize an experience. Test everything. Even small things like leaving on the crust can make a big difference. Thanks for listening.